When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, if you like this podcast, go behind the paywall to get privileged access to the smartest minds in finance. Join the Real Vision community and learn how to become a better investor. Visit realvision.com slash rvpod and use the promo code podcast10, that's podcast10, to get 10% off our essential membership for the first year. Now, to the top analysis of today's crypto markets. Christopher Calicott, Managing Director at Trammell Venture Partners. Welcome to Real Vision Crypto Daily Briefing. Thank you for having me, Ash. Great to be on. It's a pleasure to have you here today. I'm excited to talk about all things Bitcoin, Bitcoin development, what's happening in the Bitcoin eco ecosystem, and so much more. But Christopher, before we get started, tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into Bitcoin, and what sparked your passion for this technology. Yeah, absolutely. Um, both myself and my business partner, uh, Dustin Trammell, he's the T in TVP. Uh, we're both career technologists. I was a generalist, did a lot of things across uh, technology uh, during the, the early years of the, of the internet without specifically dating myself too much. Uh, while I was very broad, Dustin was very deep in one specific area. Um, at a time where there really wasn't a cybersecurity industry per se, he was doing a lot of advanced research, uh, information security research, um, and you do things like find vulnerabilities in enterprise systems and then find ways to protect those through intrusion prevention systems and that kind of work. Um, you know, he wasn't a cryptographer. He didn't have multiple advanced degrees in, in math and uh, cryptology uh, per se, but he touched on hashing all the time. Uh, this is a, a, an interesting piece of our story. Uh, he, because of his interest in cryptography, he had been on the cryptography mailing list for probably seven, eight, maybe nine years at the time that Satoshi published the white paper, Halloween 2008, for what was to become the Bitcoin network. Uh, to get his great fortune, uh, he ended up being a day one guy in Bitcoin. And then subsequently, he evangelized um, you know, the, the power of, of Bitcoin and the future of this network to myself and a, a lot of his friends around Texas. And so um, that was kind of the formative piece. Um, how does that uh, relevant for us today? In the early years, he wouldn't have used a word like deal flow. That's uh, jargony. Neither of us came from asset management, but entrepreneurs that were working on a project would reach out and say, hey, Dustin, check this out. I've got, got this. I think this could be a cool company. Um, and so he was getting an organic deal flow in the early days. So that, that led to what became TVP, and TVP was spun out of his family office back in 2016. Yeah, I read up on the website at Trammell Partners. It says it, it, what it is right on the tin. We help Bitcoin founders build iconic brands at the emergence of a new monetary order. Talk a little bit about that as a thesis statement, as a mission statement, and how it relates to what you guys see in the ecosystem right now. Sure, great question. Um, and it is formative for TVP. In the early years of Bitcoin, Rightly so, it was it was fair to ask questions like, well, what if there's some unknown vulnerability, uh, you know, fear or uncertainty about the the long term viability of the network? 
Uh, maybe there was something in the code that would make uh, make an exploit that would be just existential as a threat to the Bitcoin network. Um, we felt like it was the best chance uh, for to get to get security right. Uh, certainly, with a, a information re a security researcher on the team, um, he had a very strong view. We felt like if we just get a few more years under our belt, um, and we always make sure that we're thinking about decentralization for what that means for a non-state-backed currency, that Bitcoin has the best chance of becoming the the internet's monetary layer full stop. And that is our thesis. That's a fundamental, almost like a prereq for, for the in, uh, investment strategy that we do on a day-to-day -day basis. We believe that Bitcoin's already won the battle for the internet's monetary layer. It's just not broadly and evenly recognized yet. I would follow that up by giving a little bit more color and saying, if you can get on board with uh, someone that have that market view that Bitcoin has won the internet's money, then you would want to be extraordinarily careful to make any changes, inducing uh, potential security risks, et cetera. Um, with money, it's very important not to take the Mark Zuckerberg, move fast, break things approach uh, to the internet's monetary right. layer. We think that Bitcoin has won that. Nevertheless, over time, progress has happened. You know, for the Lightning Network and some of the exciting stuff that's happening there, SegWit was merged into Bitcoin Core back in 2017, and that was a technical prereq, a prerequisite for the Lightning Network. Taproot and other kinds of enablements are coming just, soon. Just before we go sort of too down the rabbit hole in terms of the jargon about the technology, let's unpack this and explain it to sure. folks, uh, particularly people who come to us from a financial background who don't really have the engineering background. SegWit was the segregated witness upgrade, which was a, a, an upgrade that uh, handled the way that Bitcoin signatures were embedded in the technology. Talk a little bit about that and explain why it was a prerequisite for everything that came after, particularly layer twos like the Lightning Network. The, the answer is fairly technical uh, as well, unfortunately, but it had to do with having consistency in the way that messages are signed and making sure that everything was always known and there couldn't be any um, malleability uh, in the way that those messages were built into the network. Uh, a technical note, but it gave it a solid foundation for being able to open channels uh, on the Lightning Network. Um, and, you know, that progress has, has continued. Um, and, you know, you, when you ask about, you know, money and financial uh, people, one of the things that's you, maybe a little bit different for, for TVP and the people that work here is Dustin and myself, the partners, we came from an Austrian-leaning uh, economics background. We understand um, what makes a good money, what makes something sound. And, um, you know, we, don't, we think it's actually an odd thing for the government to be in charge of, of that. Uh, since it's really just a coordination tool. And so we think that Bitcoin has actually won that. And a clinical assessment across all these different kind of smart contract platforms, et cetera, Bitcoin is the only one that has, you know, robust decentralization to date. And we think that's important uh, from a state hey, How do you define that, Christopher? When, when you say robust decentralization, what are the metrics you use? How do you think about what that means? Well, <clears throat> You know, whenever there were some proposals back in the uh, the block size wars, as people affectionately refer to them, uh, you know, a lot of those uh, large block uh, attempts um, can just be fully rejected if you don't think that that matches the consensus rules as you understood it. If you have a small, very inexpensive device that are validating the blocks as they're, you know, uh, gossiped around the Bitcoin network, you can say that block does not conform and I'm going to reject it. That's extremely powerful, and it's a user 
focused approach. And for me, that's just one of the key criteria uh, that users be able to participate and not be uh, not be necessary that they rely on extremely expensive, largely cloud-based infrastructure just to perform that um, that simple little task, which is to make sure that, yep, that was a valid transaction. So let's talk about uh, the Bitcoin ecosystem development. You said something that was really interesting. Uh, you talked about how for a monetary system, the move fast and break things approach, Mark Zuckerberg is very famous for at Facebook, uh, is probably not the most appropriate methodology or framework to think about. Uh, one of the challenges, and you know, uh, folks who have backgrounds in economics know that these things are all about trade-offs. One of the challenges has been, you know, I, I remember when I first came into the space in 2017, and I remember someone sitting me down when I was asking about Bitcoin, and I was having some troubles understanding the, the consensus process. And this guy said to me, hey, listen, the most important thing for you to understand about Bitcoin is that everything is built for security. And if you get lost in the weeds, come back to that thesis statement, because it will help guide you, it'll help focus you, it'll help you understand the way that the design specifications are implemented, it's all about security. And I think that that's something that continues to this day in terms of the driving philosophy of Bitcoin. One of the challenges with that is that we see faster development on other networks. I think a lot of folks who watch this show, Real Vision Crypto Daily Briefing, have heard a lot about the Ethereum ecosystem uh, and the work that's going there to uh, extend transactions to uh, L2 networks and smart contracts. Talk a little bit about where Bitcoin is in this process, how you think about adding some of the functionality that we've already seen on the Ethereum network, on the Bitcoin network, and what some of the challenges and opportunities are in terms of that development effort. Great, there's a lot there uh, actually to unpack. Uh, we could probably spend a few hours on, on some of that. I think we that. could. You know, I think in short, the security emphasis that you're putting there is is key. It's, it's critical and unsurprisingly, uh, security-like values and privacy, these are sort of in the TVP DNA that matters to us in particular, but it doesn't matter for us uh, just from a, a strictly um, philosophical perspective. We think that that actually gives uh, opportunity for development. By the way, do we are we still on? I just lost everything. So let me say it this way, and I think some of your, your audience will think this is this is amusing. In the early days of Bitcoin, one of the things that some of the OGs that were out there said, look, um, we think Bitcoin has a great chance of, su of success. Um, please go build an altcoin, go do something somewhere else. Just don't break the money. Don't break the monetary right. layer. And by the way, we'll be paying attention, you know, and if you find, or you happen to stumble upon a massive validated market, in due time, we'll find a way to appropriate that and bring it home to build it directly on Bitcoin. And one of the exciting things I think that's happening now is we've have, you know, nearly 14 and a half years of historical knowledge. And we've been uh, doing all these observations and we participated in some of these other platforms. And we've learned a lot. There are a few uh, markets that are massively validated, um, which haven't yet actually arrived to Bitcoin. But we're at this really an inflection point where it's about to start happening um, through the Taproot Asset Protocol. Um, which is um, put forth by uh, Lightning Labs, one of the implementations of the Lightning Network. Hey everyone, we're gonna take a quick pause and hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Can you give some very simple definitions for folks who may not know about what the Taproot upgrade did and what the Lightning Network is? I think many people think of it as an L2 payment network, but talk a little bit about the first principles behind those two technologies. Great question. And I actually stopped myself. I thought, you know what, we should set set, set, set some uh, uh, levels on, on the Lightning Network. The Lightning Network is 100% real Bitcoin. It's a way that people can do peer-to-peer um, routing of payments that are a second layer above layer one. In the end, layer one is probably going to be quite expensive to move uh, Bitcoin around on. Lightning opens up the chance to do something in its it's as close to a tech uh, feeling like magic as anything can. You should. I encourage everyone uh, to try Lightning, and probably a lot of your viewers already have a Lightning wallet in their phone, and they don't even know it because Cash App did a massive implementation. Um, Lightning Network, in short, allows for nearly instantaneous, fully final settlement with, you know, Bitcoin hard money being the base. Um, this happens by opening up channels. Um, there's custodial, non-custodial approaches to this, but in short, um, that's very, very important. We've talked about for years things like, you know, categories like remittances and payments. If you have to pay a lot of gas fees or, you know, to send a relatively small amount of money, um, that's that's a barrier. And it, don't, it doesn't actually achieve what we thought we would be able to achieve with internet money. Uh, certainly something like micropayments where you want to express something like, um, in, in Twitter, it'd be a like. In Noster, that would be a zap, which is um, sharing a little bit of monetary value, uh, recognizing the value that someone just gave from their post or their content, um, which is anything that's built on Lightning has the potential to inherit all of its speed and all of its finality. And so where I was going to go with, with uh, Taproot, Taproot is an enablement layer that's making more development faster without getting down too much into the technical weeds. Taproot Asset Protocol, which is by Lightning Labs on their LND Lightning implementation, is going to, for the, for the first time, and I think imminently, probably later this year, maybe early next year at the latest, I don't have inside information on that, but um, to enable something like stablecoins, which... You know, in the Ethereum world, maybe people just kind of shrug and, and yawn a little bit. Um, the voracious appetite for, for USD globally and to be able to get that and be able to send a transaction of, of real size for some fraction of a cent through the Lightning Network and to receive it as maybe you're a, it's a point you're running a point of sale system or it's a friend that's paying you back for a coffee or whatever it might be, to know that when, when you get that, it's fully yours and can't be recalled. You don't have all the latency from the legacy financial network. And it was extremely low cost to do it. Now, pair with SATs, like the, the, the fundamental unit of, of a Bitcoin, and think about that in US dollar terms and to be able to send to someone, a family member in Mexico or the other end of the world, they have it in a matter of seconds and it's fully final when they receive it as well. You know, I like to think in, in Bitcoin, but a lot of the world still thinks in dollars if they're dollarized or some other uh, national currency, um, as it were. So Bitcoin backed euros, dollars, renminbi, whatever it might be, 
that's coming soon. And that kind of speed and finality, you only actually get from the Bitcoin and Lightning stack. So let's zoom the camera out a little bit and talk about what your vision is, big picture, for what the Bitcoin ecosystem looks like in, in one, three, five years. Where do you see this going? If we were to zoom back here in uh, 2026 and be having this conversation, what would you like to see happen in the ecosystem? What functionality would you like to see most? And how do you see us getting there? I think it's there's an inevitability uh, in the answer to your question. Uh, from my, my perspective, it's just every day, and there's been a kind of a narrative that's been been shared by a lot of people out there that, hey, it's kind of hard to build on Bitcoin. Um, and while that there was some significant truth to that, let's say five years ago, increasingly, that is less and less true. It actually, it's happening in real time that every day in the wild, you know, we talked to someone that had been, you know, thinking about building a company elsewhere, Solana or name your smart contract platform. And they realized, oh, wow, I had no idea what I'm trying to do. I can actually do this today or in the next six months directly on the Bitcoin stack. Um, one of the, one of the uh, funny and interesting learnings from the whole ordinance ordinals phenomenon, which has been a, a, a Q1, Q2 thing for the most part, um, on the back of a couple of years work, uh, was that people have very much validated a hypothesis that TVP had, which is given the option to build on Bitcoin or not build on Bitcoin anywhere else, um, due to all of the risks that entrepreneurs assess, you know, you, you're taking career risk, opportunity costs, all these kinds of things, you're not going to take platform risk given the opportunity to build there. And so we think that's that's driving a coming wave. And to your question, you know, five years from now, on what, you know, three, five years from now, what that's going to look like is a lot of people that probably spent some time building elsewhere in, in crypto, uh, we'll say, have returned and are building uh, directly on the Bitcoin stack. And they've learned a lot from a lot of these experiments and hypothesis testing that's happened elsewhere. You talked about... Uh ordinals this concept of inscribing directly on to the bitcoin blockchain has been controversial in bitcoin circles talk a little bit about how you guys think about it what you see as the advantages and the disadvantages obviously one of the things that we've heard uh was from purists who thought that there was potential risk or congestion on the network caused uh, by these inscriptions talk a little bit about how you see that phenomenon um you know Ordinals, like I said, have been kind of interesting. Um, and I, I would say for sure we have a long-term view that for all of the questions about you know this idea of a security budget, uh, that long-term this sorts itself out uh, with transaction fees. And if anything, ordinals have completely validated that there will be increasing demand for block space in Bitcoin. Uh, there were there were day there was one or more days where the transaction fee component of the block reward was actually larger than the block reward. Um, that that's actually very bullish for uh, for for Bitcoin. Uh, not only Bitcoin block space usage, but the price level of Bitcoin over the medium term and long term. Um, you know, ordinals as a use case haven't spent much time. I, I, I personally I understand the the question and, and, and empathize with is this the best use of block space? Um, on the other hand, um, if you're not violating consensus rules. Um, who am I to say what you should do with your money? Um, this is right. this is a, you know, a fundamental tenet of, of freedom, and I think part and parcel of the initial Bitcoin ethos. And so um, we actually have some exposure there uh, through uh, someone who is doing something kind of at the intersection of the Lightning Network, and 
over about a week and a half, built some some fantastic uh, plumbing that are actually uh, being used for other platforms to do minting of uh, large large collections and that sort of thing. But it's been interesting to uh, to see and to kind of double down on that assertion that I'm making that entrepreneurs will find a way to build on Bitcoin given the opportunity. Um, I wrote a I wrote an article that's coming out shortly. Uh, uh, I think it's Jason Williams had done something kind of interesting uh, a, a couple of months back. He had uh, he had a, a board ape and it was on Ethereum, of course. Um, when he had the opportunity to mint it on Bitcoin, he minted it on Bitcoin, but he did something very very interesting. It reminded me of what I described as the Hernan Cortez going to the New World moment. He burned it on Ethereum. That's a very strong statement of where people want things that they perceive to have value to live long term. You know, Ex- like I said, explain what that means because it's a powerful metaphor. Uh, the the Hernan Cortez piece. Uh, so yeah, or, you know, we can talk about conquistadors and good or bad, but when they came to the New World, um, you know, there's it's hard, and so this. This, uh, this explorer, when they got to where they were going initially, he made them burn the boats. So there's there's not any going back. We've got to make it work here um, to say that this is where he wants to be. And for me, um, I, I thought about the metaphor between this. It's like you're, you're literally burning something that many would argue have a lot of value there, but you're saying that you want it to live on this stack. And that's very clear for a lot of reasons. And so a lot of the, the excitement and the new renewed energy that you've seen, I think, is is just an additional evidence of like, okay, wow, if we knew we could do this on Bitcoin, we would have already been doing it. And imagine from the entrepreneurial activity when, you know, every day an entrepreneur in the wild wakes up and says, oh, wow, I can build this on Bitcoin. Uh, Of course, I'm going to choose that platform. And so that platform risk component um, is why we're focused on something that candidly we feel like was the work we were always intended to do. And, you know, backing these founders that are building on the Bitcoin stack, it's, uh, it's not only, um, we think, going to be, you know, wildly successful in terms of financial profits, but, but also there's a, there's a sense of mission. And that's why we've had multiple people move to Austin, Texas from both coasts uh, to, to come and work in, uh, on, on mission and work on Bitcoin specifically. So there's, there's, there's a lot of reasons for this captain late, uh, captive latent demand to do things on Bitcoin, and it's coming, and it's coming fast. Hey everyone, we're going to take another quick break and hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back to the Real Vision Crypto Daily Briefing. Yeah, I love Austin. It's got a lot going for it. No state and local income taxes and fantastic, fantastic food. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, so let me ask you this, uh, Christopher. Let's talk a little bit about the time frame uh, here that you see some of these Bitcoin ecosystem developments unfolding over uh, what do you think we're talking about here in terms of seeing some of the functionality, uh, particularly on the uh, spaces where Ethereum has been uh, the leader in smart contracts and DeFi uh, in the ability to uh, to uh, have things uh, like NFTs, uh, non-fungible tokens and others. Uh, talk a little bit about what you see the time horizons looking like in your view from where you sit. I'll, I'll be honest, we have a sense of urgency here at TVP. Um, uh, I should mention also the research that we've um, released uh, about a month and a half ago. This, this research actually is indicative of why. 2022, you know, it was a down bad year across spot markets in crypto. Uh, I think everybody would recognize that. Um, crypto venture dollars were essentially flat. They were up about 1% over 2021. TVP is in a very unique uh, position. So we've been, been around long enough 
for the last several years, we've been instrumenting the, the universe of investable uh, Bitcoin companies. And it might be surprising to the viewers to hear that in 2022, obviously we're, we're nearly halfway into 2023 now, um, Bitcoin native venture capital was a breakout category last year. It grew as a category about 52.9% despite uh, spot markets down bad and crypto venture flat. Um, so this is actually, this happened in advance of Ordinal. So you can imagine the kind of excitement that's that's happening now. Um, uh, dollars raised and small. One of the things that's that, that we feel like is important and one of the reasons why I was excited to come and talk with you today is to tap into new markets and especially from an institutional allocator perspective um, to challenge some assumptions because of some of these um, ideas that have been out there for a long time that innovation is not happening on Bitcoin, all of these things that I, I think are just patently false now. Um, you know, one of the interesting slides, slide eight in this, in this research, which is free to download by the way, um, Despite Bitcoin, if you add up all of the market capitalization for every crypto asset out there, and inclusive of every price stable asset, Bitcoin today, as of you know December 31st, was still market cap dominant to 42.1% of everything else, just on a spot basis. Um, however, of venture dollars invested, it was only 1.31 that went to Bitcoin native companies in 2022. There's a, we think, we're, and we make the assertion in this research that there's a specific capital misallocation to Bitcoin native venture. Um, that's really important because as we've been talking about today, a lot of these tech enablements and what's happening underneath the hood are moving very fast. And when you ask me things like, you know, where are things going? When I mentioned about, you know, we'll be paying attention and, and when you find a validated market, I mentioned stable coins directly on the Bitcoin stack, inheriting the speed and finality of the Lightning Network. If you, if you take that just one step further, what that means is once one of the primary issuers are directly on the Lightning Network, the next day or the next moment, someone could actually do the first Bitcoin native decentralized exchange. Those kinds of ideas and those kinds of... Um, archetypal uh, companies are are here to be built in the next, you know, immediately, you know, immediately. And so um, that's, that's why we're excited about what we're doing. And one of the reasons why we put the research out is like challenging some of those assumptions and, right. and, and, and bringing education to some of the institutional allocators that it should certainly be looking at the Bitcoin native ecosystem. Boy, a Bitcoin native decentralized exchange would be a game changer. Do you see that something that might be coming down the pike in uh, the next, say, uh, 12 to 24 months. 100%. Absolutely. Um, and it's wild too. If, if you think about things from a macro perspective, well, I mentioned this global voracious appetite for dollars. Um, if you can get it for an absolute de minimis amount of fees to move things around the Lightning Network, which is, that's how it works. <clears throat> you also have something that might be a little um, counterintuitive in nations that would say you can only bring so many dollars in because the network's actually built on a decentralized foundation that's actually unstoppable. And so I think a lot of that uh, appetite is gonna drive a lot of demand and shift. And so decentralized exchange um, directly on the Bitcoin stack is an absolute no brainer and definitely coming. And that's something TVP wants to, wants to back. So if you're a founder building on Bitcoin and you're thinking about decentralized exchange, please do reach out. Hey, Christopher, spectacular conversation. Really enjoyed this. I hope you come back and do it again with us soon. Love to. Final thoughts, key takeaways that you'd like to leave our audience with. 
I would just say, you know, I'm I'm here to challenge assumptions, and and you know, if if you've if you found yourself historically discounting what's happening on the Bitcoin stack, I would encourage you take another look. I mean, it's actually the excitement has been palpable. We did a we did our the TVP annual meeting. We have a, a full day of content. It's a it's a founder and investor symposium. We held that up in Jackson Hole just. Uh, the first of March, um, the founders were leaning in and spitballing ideas with other founders in real time. It's just the 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 pent up demand to build on Bitcoin is absolutely phenomenal, and so I would I would encourage everyone to take another look. Great conversation, Christopher. We'll have to do this again soon. Thank you so much for having me. Good Thanks day. so much for joining us, everybody. Uh, that's it for today's Real Vision Crypto Daily Briefing. Remember to sign up for Real Vision Crypto. It's free, of course. You can go to realvision.com forward slash crypto. That's realvision.com forward slash crypto. We'll be back again tomorrow with Burke Osgagon, Dexalot's head of strategy. Make sure to join us live. See you at 9 a.m. Pacific time, noon Eastern, 5 p.m. London. Thanks for watching, everybody. Have a great afternoon. What's up, revolutionaries? Thanks for tuning in. For more content like this, Head over to realvision.com and get unfiltered access to the very best, brightest, and biggest names in finance.